Hey everybody, welcome to RCC Online. My name's Natasha. And my name's Danny. We are so excited that you're here with us today. If you're newer and checking us out, make sure you hit the subscribe button and the little bell to be notified when new videos are being released here. Speaking of new videos, stay tuned. Next Tuesday, Mike will be releasing a video announcement uh, to let us know uh, what our regather service is going to look like and when that's going to happen. To be the first to receive that announcement, make sure you sign up for his personal note that he sends out every week. You could do that by filling out the red card on rccsunday.com. And also on RCC Sunday, we started the Live It Challenge. This is a great way for you to take what you're learning on Sunday morning and enhance it and transform your life throughout the week. So if that's something that you want to do, make sure you sign up on rccsunday.com. Yes, I've been loving the Live It Challenge. It has really challenged me to grow in my faith. And speaking of that, student life and challenging students to grow in their faith, we have been meeting online for the last two weeks uh, to kind of match what we're doing for Sunday services. And we're going to continue to do that for the next two weeks. So if you have a student who's in 6th through 12th grade, I encourage you to follow Rip and Student Life on Instagram where we go live each Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And if you don't have Instagram and you've watched maybe The Social Dilemma and don't want your students on social media, you can hop onto YouTube at Ribbon Student Life and we post our messages there and then small groups follow on Zoom. Today we are diving into our mask series and today is all about seeing past the mask. Mm. It's all about labels and how we label people and how we tend to be labeled in life. Yeah. Find out more or how this pertains to your life right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to RCC at Home. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Erica, and I am one of the pastors here. And today, we are in week four of our mask series. Today, we're going to talk about how much better our lives could be when we take off our masks. But more importantly than that, what happens when we treat others in such a way that they feel comfortable to take theirs off as well? All of us, we know the feeling of what it's like when we put these physical masks on every day. Some of us have to wear them more than others, but here's the thing, we all know that feeling. The feeling that it feels like when you finally get to take it off, when you finally get to breathe. It might be after a shopping session or for your lunch break or after a long shift, but it feels good, doesn't it? I want you to think about this feeling of removing your mask as an illustration for your life, a symbolism for a bigger discovery inside of yourself. Today, I want to help you to see that this feeling, this freedom is attainable for you. What would happen if you would feel less judged by other people? What if you could feel less pressure in social situations because you didn't have to feel like you'd have to act a certain way in order to be accepted? What if you gave yourself the freedom of not having to figure everyone else out? but just be able to accept them for who they really are. Can you even imagine how your life would change? Do you want this freedom? Do you long to be able to take off your mask and breathe? I know that I do. And there are a few steps to making this happen. And the first step is recognizing what your masks are. So besides your required physical masks you wear every day, I want to ask you this question. What mask do you wear? If you've been listening or watching these sermons these past few weeks, I'm sure you've thought about this question before. For me, masks are more like labels, things that we hide behind sometimes. Sometimes people may play the role of teacher or pastor or coach, while others allow labels from our past or labels that we put on ourselves to influence us. 
the way we act, and the way we live. Take a look at this. It's important to identify our masks so we can know what we need to let go of. Because here's the thing, the masks you wear, the labels you may have, you may see and understand yourself based on inaccurate data. Many of us evaluate our core identity based on what someone told us when we were kids, or maybe something your parents told you you were or were not, or maybe something that you've experienced through the lens of trauma, or maybe it's based on a label from your past. Guys, maybe you were told to be tough and not cry. And maybe this toughness has become a mask that is keeping you from feeling emotion like you're meant to. But true strength doesn't come from being tough. True strength is found in your willingness to take off your mask. It's understanding and embracing who we are and how we've been created. This is a launching pad for living a fearless genuine, mask-free, label-free life. A life where we can stop pretending or trying to be something other than what God created us to be. Today, my hope is that you and me will discover for the first time, or maybe the hundredth, just how loved you are. So we start here. You and me, we, were literally created by love, with love, and for love by a God who loves you, a God who is love itself. And when we realize and understand and we live in God's opinion of us, when we live in his love for us, everything can change. Because you see, God is amazing in his precision and nothing about you remotely resembles a mistake. For those of you who are parents, I want you to think for a minute about what it was like when you were watching your child learn how to walk. Did you get angry and frustrated when they stumbled? Did you ever get upset with them when they fell and they continued to trip? Feel angry that you had to help them up for the hundredth time? Of course not. And I truly believe that God loves you and me like a parent who beams with pride for their kid. You and everyone around you was created exactly the way you were meant to be. And the Bible tells us that we were created in God's image and he says that we were very good. This doesn't mean that we are perfect, and it doesn't mean that we don't mess up. Paul tells us in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it is in this union with God's love that we have life. And Jesus died to make it so. And yet, so often, many of us, we find ourselves blind 
feeling around in the darkness and condemning ourselves and others and clinging to opinions and perceptions that don't even matter. 1 John chapter 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus has his son purifies us from all sin. This verse tells us to walk in the light as Jesus did. Because do you know what? It's in this light of love that darkness can flee. It is in this light of love that shame will be replaced by honor. And guilt is traded for forgiveness and sorrow will be traded for joy. You don't sweep a shadow from a room. But instead, you turn on the light and it goes away. It's when we forget God's way, when we continue to wander around blind, wearing our masks and not taking the time or the space to see past each other's. This is what happens. We're blinded. We can't live in the light. The truth is the core of who you are is you are God's masterpiece. His divine creativity at its finest. You are loved and you are lovable, and you, my friend, are worth uncovering and discovering. So today, let's take our mask off together, shall we, and see just how our lives can change. You see, this is what's possible. If we look at Jesus and we look at his life, we know a lot of people didn't like him. We know that he had plenty of labels put on him. They called him names. And we all know what they did to him in the end. And the truth is, Jesus didn't get along with everyone. But what he did is he maintained his perfection without being offensive. He certainly didn't put on a mask or had false labels about himself. You know why? Because he knew. He knew. He knew without a doubt whose he was. He knew without a doubt that living in God's love was the only way to live. And he knew without a doubt what his purpose was. He said it in John chapter 18, I was born and entered the world so that I could witness to the truth. This is what we can learn from him. As followers of Jesus, the constant question we always have to ask ourselves is what we can learn from Jesus' example. Like Jesus did, Acts 17.28 says, In God I move 
and breathe and have my being. Don't get confused with what people say you are versus who God knows you are. Because pleasing him is what matters, not pleasing people. In God, I live and move and breathe and have my being. Do you? 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, Don't judge by his appearance or height. I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you do. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And you know what? This can't be more true. People, you and me, we put labels on ourselves. We put labels on others. Sometimes just by what we see on the outside. Sometimes by what we hear from others. And we don't even know if it's true. And the thing is, many of us never take the time to dig deeper. To see their hearts or our own the way God does. And to love in spite of it all. You know the saying, you can't judge a book by its cover? Well, I'm certainly guilty of that. When I go on vacation, I always go to the library and and I look for a book. And judging by its cover, it's exactly what I do. I don't know. If you look at these two books, they both look pretty boring to me, right? Sometimes if I'm not sure based on the cover, I'll open the book and I'll read a page or two. And I'll judge it based on that, whether or not I'm going to give it a chance. Today, for illustration purposes, I want you to pretend that this book is a person. In fact, let's pretend that this person is me. In my book, my life, there is roughly 15,500 pages. Would it be fair of you to look at the outside cover of my life and to make judgments or assumptions based on that? Would it be fair to me or anyone else to take out one page one instance or one circumstance in my book and read it and make assumptions based on just this one page. A few months ago, I had a meeting with a woman, and um, I had it scheduled. I'd never met her before, and the, the only thing I knew about her is that she had a son. That day, she, she came into my office, and I had a sense that she was on something. Something wasn't right. She was beautiful and smart, yet very broken and lost. When you see something in someone else, when you get judgmental towards someone else, it's likely something in you is reacting to it. And this was true of me that day. I was wrestling with so many things that day in my own mind, so many things in my own life, and I didn't think I could help someone like her. I was not qualified. I didn't think I was good enough. And I had plenty of my own problems at the moment. But you know what happened? I saw myself in her. 1 John 4.20 says, If somebody says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So how can we use the example that Jesus set for us to change? You choose love. You choose love in spite of your feelings. You choose love in spite of your judgments. And you choose love in spite of your longing to be right. Now, if we follow Jesus' example where he maintained his perfection without being offensive, we're not perfect like him, but we can keep our hearts and our minds tuned into his example, and we can use that example to show the world his love. So next time, when we feel offended or hurt, think of it like this. The person that offends you or the person that is in question, they may be wrong and you may be right. But when you come to the situation from God's lens of love, it should look something like this. What you are doing or how you are living or the decision that you made, it's making me uncomfortable. I may be wrong and you may be right, 
I'm not exactly sure. But as two people who are doing their best to live their lives loving God and loving under others, can we talk about this for a minute? With both with open hearts and minds. Because the lens of God's love looks like this. Be at peace with one another. Bear with and forgive one another. Love one another. Serve one another. And pray for one another. True Christ-like love is birthed in humility, where we see ourselves less, where we position ourselves low and we place others high, where we view the greatest act of love not as correcting others, but as Jesus tells us in John 15, 13, he says, the greatest love one could have is to lay down their life for a friend. Lay it down means just that. It means forget about all of the judgments, get off the spiritual platform, lay on the ground, and know that every single one of us came from the same pile of dirt. And yet, God chose to rescue us and love us anyway. I'm not perfect, and I know you're not either, and I know that we're still learning. And in this process, what I've learned is that I will still share my personal thoughts and beliefs when the occasion arises, but because of God's love, it's a conversation, not a dictation. And if I'm going to be in error, I choose to err on the side of love. Because the truth is, you never know what someone is going through until you walk in their shoes. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle. I always tell my kids when, when someone is unkind to you, remember that they're struggling with things that you cannot see. Many times people react or judge or label because of an inner struggle inside themselves. And what does this tell us? It tells us that we cannot treat other people well until we, we acknowledge what's under our own masks. And so we can learn to love God and love ourselves. And it's in this love that the lens of your life can and will shift and you will change. And just like the video we saw earlier, when, when he began to feel the love, to know that he was loved, it was then all of his labels started to fall off. He was able to take off his mask and he was able to know and believe that he was love. And when he realized that, he was able to hand that love out to other people. What if every person you saw was really God dressed up in costume? This is kind of what we are, right? We're created in his image. He's inside of us. And Jesus says it himself in Matthew 25, 40. He says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Can you imagine what would happen if this were the case? If every person in our lives, old and new and even perfect strangers, what if we really did treat them as if they were God in disguise? Would it change the way you think about them? Would it change the words you speak to them or behind their backs? And would it change you? A few years ago, I started saying a prayer every day, and I would say, God, help me to see people through your eyes. And honestly, it's changed everything for me. He longs for our lives to be a reflection of his overwhelming love and goodness. He says this in John 13, 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Be kind to those who don't deserve it, because you know what? God has been kind to you. He doesn't keep a record of our wrongs, and why do we feel the need to keep a record of others? If only we could retain important information as easily as we can retain the wrongs that have been done to us. Psalm 103 
says that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. If God's not record-keeping, why are we? Are we walking in this life together, or are we walking in this life apart? When you take off your mask, sometimes people will go, and that's okay. But the ones that stay, those are the ones. Let's get back to my meeting for a minute. Since that first day in my office, here's what I know now. That day, she was under the influence. She had a mask that she thought no one saw. She had a drug habit that she thought was hiding well. And it was in that meeting that I took off my mask and I shared with her some of the deepest parts of my life and my struggles. And this allowed her to see herself in me. It allowed her to deep, dig deep inside of herself and, and find the strength to change, the strength to fight for the life that God created her to have rather than the life she was making for herself. We, as two broken women, God used us for each other in ways that neither one of us could have ever imagined. I needed her that day and even today just as much as she needed me. And because we were brave enough to let go of our masks, we, a seemingly unlikely pair, had hearts open to one another's stories. We didn't give up on one another because of judgment, jealousy, or condemnation. But now our stories are united in this life, and they're intertwined with God's, all because of his love. Luke 6:38 says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured onto your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. When you take off your mask and you stop living in your labels, when you can see past the labels of others, it's your life that gets better. And this may be a step toward the healing that we are all so desperately needing. When you take off your mask, it's a lot easier for everyone else to take off theirs. And if you lean in close, you can hear it. The faint whisper of hope, of people who love God that have come together to give grace to each other, to be a gift to one another. And it's through this brokenness of everything going on in the crazy world we live in, this is what we all so desperately need. One of my friends posted on Facebook this week, it's um, Special Needs Awareness Week, and she has a son who struggles with some learning. And, and it was a message, kind of for adults, but for kids too, for all of us. And she said, children who learn differently aren't weird. They're merely gifted in ways that our society doesn't value. Yet they want what everyone else wants, to be accepted. And our world would be far less beautiful without them. All they want is to have a friend. Let that sink in. All they want is a friend. So be a friend. I want to be a walking permission slip of mask removal. And I encourage you to do the same. Don't just read a page. Don't just look at a cover. But take the time and the space to read the whole story. Will you pray with me? God, help us to let go of our labels and our masks. Today we offer ourselves fully to you. We ask that you help us to see what our masks are and we ask that you help free us from them. Show us your love. Show us so that we know beyond a doubt just how loved we are. Thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for loving us so much and sending him so that we can live in this freedom. Lord, use us to show the world who you are. 
thank you for you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. And you need to know that when you give here at RCC, you're not only honoring God with your finances, but you're supporting the mission and ministries of this church. And there's a couple different ways you can give. You can give online. You can go to rccsunday.com. There's a giving platform on there that's super easy to use, super user-friendly. You just click on the icon and you can give using a credit card or a bank statement. You can set up a reoccurring gift or just do it once, uh, one time. And another thing you can do is a lot of people like to give uh, by giving a physical check in an envelope. If you want to do that too, that's totally fine. Our address is 155 State Street. We have a little mail slot on one of the doors that you can put it in. Uh, it's the door that's on the lower level that faces State Street, Fond du Lac Street. Uh, and that's what you can do too. So I uh, love you guys. Can't wait to see you soon. Um, have a great week. See you next Sunday.